Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Joy of Living and Learning Conversations with Phyllis. I'm delighted and honored that you have tuned in, and today's topic is near and dear to my heart, and I hope parents and children will benefit from our discussion today. Following your dreams to Hollywood, is it better to go as an adult or as a child? Some of the answers may surprise you today, and maybe not. Our previous interview was with Lauren LaRosa, who, as an adult, decided to follow her dreams to Hollywood. If you missed that episode, be sure to go back and listen. Today, we are interviewing Sharon Palmer, mother of the beautiful and talented Kiki Palmer, who took her daughter to Hollywood as a child, and Kiki is dominating the entertainment business as an adult. According to a July 2020 New York Post article, each year some 20,000 children audition for Hollywood acting jobs and 95% fail to land a single one. There are lots of unfortunate examples of child actors and even fewer successful stories of child actors. Child actor Todd Bridges got his name recognition from the TV show Different Strokes. The New York Post article says that, according to Todd, he had to deal with the consequences of money-stealing team members, a sexually aggressive publicist, and systemic racism. Now 55, he went through tough times before cleaning up and relaunching his career. Henry Thomas, who's lovingly remembered for his E.T. portrayal of Elliot, said in a New York Post article that acting scared the hell out of me. I pissed my pants the first time I was in the spotlight. And furthermore, according to an article on the Showbiz website, it's not uncommon to hear about a child actor or actress struggling with substance abuse issues or burning out before they hit adulthood. But sometimes the drama in a child star's life comes from the terrible decisions that their parents make when it comes to their career and their finances. The article goes on to say Macaulay Culkin, the famous child star of the movie Home Alone, had considerable trouble with his family and filed a petition to be emancipated from both of his parents. In the 1980s, according to Showbiz, there were few actors more recognizable than Gary Coleman. The Different Strokes actor made millions for his portrayal of, of Jackson, but before long, the fortune that went along with his fame was decimated. Coleman sued his financial advisors as well as his parents for mismanaging his money in 1989. But despite the legal victory, his relationship with his parents was forever tarnished. When he died in 2020 at the age of 42, he hadn't spoken with them in more than two decades. On the flip side, we know of some successful actors. According to Powered by Orange Entertainment, Lifestyle and News blog, Ron Howard came to the fame on the set of The Andy Griffith Show, where he played the lovable young Op Opie Taylor. I still watch that show today. Ron Howard quickly transitioned to playing Richie Cunningham on the TV show Happy Days. Today, Ron Howard is known as one of the most successful directors in Hollywood for his work on films such as Apollo 13 and The Da Vinci Code. And more recently, we have Kiki Palmer, famous actress, singer, and television personality. Kiki Palmer made her acting debut in the film Barbershop 2, back in business, and soon after received recognition for her starring role in Aquila and the Bee. Kiki won a Screen Actors Guild Award nomination for her performance in the television, in the television film The Wool Cap. With that said, let's get started. 
We have an amazing panelist with us today. You have probably heard of her. Sharon Palmer is the manager and mother to the amazing actress, singer, dancer Kiki Palmer, who took her daughter to Hollywood as a child. We will learn about Sharon's experiences and hopefully learn the do's and don'ts of getting your child into show business. Hello, my friend Sharon Palmer. Hello. Hello. Thank you. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. Now, as I told Lauren, uh, the previous interview I had, who's a reporter from TMZ, that I am honored and more than delighted that you have agreed to be interviewed for my podcast. And I look forward to sharing this conversation with the world because it's such an important topic and I have personal experience with it. And I know parents who have, uh, you know, been successful with their child stars and many parents who have not been so successful. Entertainment is an exciting business, but it can also be tricky, dangerous and not for everyone. So, Sharon, before we get started into our conversation, can we talk about the dark side? I just watched um, watched a documentary by the young lady who played Punky Brewster, and it talked about the dark side of Hollywood for kids. And I want to spend a few minutes just talking about the dark side now because I want to end on a happy note with your wonderful story. So is that OK? <laughs> yeah, I mean. Okay. I mean, I can tell you what I know. I don't know. I don't know a lot about the dark side, but I can tell you what I've heard. Yeah. 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 Just tell, tell us some of your thoughts about the dark side of Hollywood. And just keep in mind, we hopefully there's some parents and children that are listening that can learn some things. So just give us your thoughts on the dark side of Hollywood. Um, I think the just the nature of someone being a child entertainer, that can be a bad thing. Um because it changes the dynamics of your family. Um, mm. You go from the parent who is the breadwinner, who is the person that is taking care of the child to the, the to the reverse situation that the child is making more money. And mm -hmm. I think that that can uh, disrupt a family. It can disrupt the, the normal flow. Uh, like I said, you're raised to look up to your parents to support you, to take care of you, to pay for your school field trips. And, and when someone is a child celebrity, they're making way more money than their parents ever made. And so that can mess with the kid's psyche. Um, it could, you know, create a false reality. It could mm. also make the child feel like they are the breadwinner in the family and that can cause anxiety. Right. Wow. And I know uh, from from my experience that I've had with Hollywood and the dark side for me has been like, for an example, the child that I was managing took her to an acting class. And you know how in Hollywood, some people, you know, they have the home, but also in the back, they have guest houses. And a lot of yeah. people run their business out of the guest house. Mm -hmm. And we went to acting class and this particular acting coach was running their acting coaching business out of this guest house. And so we went and sat, you know, sat in the terrace and waited for our turn. And when he came out to call us in, I began to walk in, you know, behind my child. Uh -huh. And um, so I sat in the corner and I noticed that this room had no windows. And uh, when they go in, of course, they close the door. And this male coach said to me, I normally don't have the parents in the room when I'm coaching. Uh, so would you like to wait outside? And I said, no, I'll just sit here. And I had my book in my hand. So they know I'm not going to bother you. I'm just going to sit here. And so he kept insisting that I leave my 14 year old female child 
in that room with him with no windows and the door closed. Uh-huh. And I refused to do it. And he oh, said, he said, maybe I'm not the acting coach for her. And I said, maybe you're not. And we left. I'm like, what was that? I thought that was the strangest thing. Why do you want to be in the room, a closed off room with a young child? First of all, you could have a problem if that child falsely accused you of something. Secondly, you don't need to be behind closed doors with any child. But anyway, to me, that to me is an example of the dark side of Hollywood. And so you just hear about all of these things. Well, I mean, my thing is, I mean, who is he? Is he actually in Hollywood or is he, you know, which is a whole nother subject is that so many parents come out here and they spend a lot of time wasting energy with people that are outskirts of Hollywood or on the outside looking in. So, I mean, I can't even say who this man was, but I, I applaud you, though. You did the right thing. It was a coach recommended by her manager. Okay. Yeah, right. coach recommended by her manager. So, you know, I figured he... Yeah, well, you know what? I, I, I said you did the right thing. Oh, absolutely. Um, you have to go with your instincts as a, uh, you know, as, as a mentor, as a, a parent or whatever the situation is. You were managing someone. So that child is looking to you for guidance. So I think, you, I, I think as parents or mentors or managers, I don't think we ever go wrong when we instinctually feel something isn't right. Yeah. And we speak, and we speak our mind. I think we, I think we have to do that because that empowers the child. Yeah. Because that gives the message that they don't have to do anything they don't want to do. That's correct. And I think yeah. some parents have the fear that they'll mess up their child's career if they don't do what people tell them to do. Yeah, well, I and get I'm, that too. Yeah, that's, and that just wasn't me. <laughs> no, and good and good that it wasn't you. And um, yeah, I, I, I experienced when I talked, you know, when um, my daughter was so young, I would often talk to other parents and, and the loyalty that they had to agents, to agencies. Yes. It was mind boggling to me because yes. they would go, well, my agent isn't sending my child out on auditions and not, but I really don't want to go because I'll get a bad name for hopping agencies. And I said, well, who told you that? Mm-hmm. Well, the agent said, I said, well, okay. You listen to the agent telling you, Eight, what what other agents are going to do? I said, that's not true. I said, the reality of it is, if you're not comfortable at an agency and it's not advantageous to you, then you need to go to somewhere else. Okay, uh, with that out of the way, Sharon, let's, um, why don't you just introduce yourself and tell us your story of taking your daughter, the beautiful and talented Kiki Palmer, to Hollywood as a child. But first, tell us a little bit about yourself. And um, then, you know, I know you don't like to talk about yourself, but tell us a little bit about uh, yourself and then taking your daughter well, to Hollywood. Well, basically, um, my husband and I met in acting school, so he was an actor and I was an actor as well. We just did regional theater type stuff in Chicago. 
Um, and I started, it was fun. I, mean, I was in my early 20s community theater. There was a community theater called um, Black Ensemble Theater. They were kind of professional, and he and I were doing plays with them. So I would bring my kids to plays. So that was our life, the arts. We would go to church. We would go see plays. We would participate in plays. I was directing kids in plays. So it was just something that we did. I had done it in high school, um, and I just continued as a young adult, got married and stuff. Um, I wanted to sing. I was more of a singer than I was of an actress. I could act, but I really thought, well, I got a career in singing. Like everybody who heard Whitney Houston for the first time, they sang in church. They all wanted to be Whitney Houston. I was no different. <laughs> so, um, you know, I wrote, was a songwriter, had a little success as a songwriter. Um, but eventually I just settled into being married. You know, that was, I started having kids. So I went at 21 years old, got married at 20, had my first child at 21, had Kiki when I was 26. And I just said, you know what? I can't, I'm not going to be dreaming. I'm just going to get a job. So I got a teaching job. My husband got a job. We just became young parents. And um, we were cool with that. We were fine. You know, I had a good job. He had a good job. We brought our first home. And then Lion King hit the Broadway show. And mm-hmm. they started having regional auditions. And I was reading in the Sun-Times. I was reading in the Sun-Times newspaper in Chicago. It's a Chicago paper that they were looking for auditions for Nala, the young Nala. Uh-huh. And yeah, Kiki was about eight. And I just read the paper and I was like, she would be good at that. But I didn't even know it was a touring company. I didn't, I just thought it was going to be Chicago. She could do, you know, a couple of weeks or whatever the run was going to be. And then they would move on to another city. When she went to audition, that's when I found out they wanted her. And it was like a multiple city tour. And I was like, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> going everywhere. I, I ain't ready for that. You know, I wasn't ready for that. Um, and, and I just said, no, 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 something. Else. So then the opportunity came for her to audition for Barbershop 2. I knew about Barbershop 1, it was successful. Shop 2 was being filmed in Chicago, so that was in my neighborhood. I was like, well, okay, we couldn't do the uh, Lion King, because that was Barbershop 2. Um, after much, you know, press, you know, I just had to figure out how to, because she didn't have an agent. So I just had to call everybody I knew in the acting community in Chicago, and finally, one of my friends, one of my dear friends, who got rest of show, her name is Pat Skaggs, she said, I know the casting agent for um, Barbershop 2, and I'll, you know, I'll call her, so can I get Kiki an audition? Mm. She refused to see, she refused to see her, because she had never acted before. And they said, the, the role is for a little girl who is Queen Latifah's niece. And um, she's never acted before. Queen Latifah just got an Oscar nomination. So we're not going to put a kid <laughs> that has never acted before next to Queen Latifah. But you know what? I understood that. And I was mm-hmm. like, okay, well, if there's any part of her, I don't care. I'll, you know, this will be a good experience for her. So the lady said, okay, there may be some extra work. So I said, okay, fine. So she called Kiki and she called me and said, hey, we're looking for some little girls who jumped up with Dutch. Can Kiki jump up with Dutch? No. <laughs> she cannot, she could not jump double dutch. But let me just tell you though, that was foreshadowing of the movie that she later did, which was jump in, because this this episode, this situation of her auditioning for um Barbershop 2, it, I, I should have looked at it as a divine message that God was sending me because when I told Kiki, they have a, a part in Barbershop 2, but you gotta jump double dutch. She went out every day after school and let the little girls in the neighborhood teach her how to jump double dutch. Like I would see the rope hitting her on the head, you know, hurting her, but she would not give up. She learned how to jump double dutch. Well, that sounds like, sound like how the neighborhood helped her in Aquila and the Bee. And pretty much, that's what I tell you. <laughs> and so, and so, and, and, guess, and then because she learned to jump double dutch, when she did jump in for Disney, she already learned how to jump double dutch. Right. So, so to make a long story short, she learned how to jump double dutch and they never called her. We didn't hear nothing for like maybe two months. And she says, Mom, I learned how to jump double dutch. And they didn't call me. And, and my friend told me, she said, well, they done started filming Barbershop too. They done started filming it. They probably done, probably got some other kids. And so I didn't even pay no attention. I just said, you know, whatever. But what I did do was I filmed Kiki singing. Like, like I said, we were always in church. She, we were always singing, always doing something. And I said, well, Kiki, 
I'm gonna put you on tape. And this was back in the day when we had the big VHS tape. And I said, well, Kiki, we're going to, um, I'm gonna put you on tape singing. Um, and we're gonna send it to the casting agent. Um, so that if something else comes up, if just something else comes up, she'll know you can sing. So I sent this big VH tape to this woman. And literally two weeks later, she called and said, look, I haven't found this little girl to play Queen Latifah's niece. And she said, I saw your daughter's tape. And she said, she is the most adorable thing I've ever seen. And she said, so I'm going to intervention. Yeah. And she said, I'm going to show that tape to Ice, to Ice Cube. And if he's okay with it, then I'm going to bring her down and audition. She mm. showed it to him. He was okay with it. So then I told Kiki, i never forget, we on our way to the audition. We was about maybe a 40-minute drive from my house. And I said, hey, Kiki, when you go into the room and you meet Ice Cube, I said, just start singing. Just go in there and just start singing. You got to just do something. You got to be different. And so uh-huh. I'm, I'm hearing her singing. I was like, man, they probably think she's crazy or something. But you know what? You got to be different. Yes. She came out of that room. She said, Mommy, he was smiling. He was smiling at me. I said, well, see, I said, see, Kiki, you may not get this role. Like, I was always preparing her for not to get something. Later mm-hmm. on as a teenager, she was, later, what I was telling her as a little girl, which was, you may not get this, but it's okay. And as, as a little girl, it was fine. But as a teenager, she later told me, well, you had prepared me that I was never going to get nothing. So I, I had a defeatist attitude. I was like, no, no, I'm just trying to prepare you, prepare you. But I told her, I said, the fact that you went in, you sang, and he smiled, that means he acknowledged you. And yes. again. Maybe you may not get this, but, but he'll remember you. That's right. That's right. Yes. And, and before I could get home, the casting agent was calling me screaming. Talking about, he picked her. He picked her. Oh, wow. He's going to be in the movie. So oh, wow. She was screaming in the car. She was about eight. No, she was nine. She, I love actually, it. Yeah, she was nine years old. Because she actually turned, she had, when they finally called us to film, you know, a lot of times you get cast and stuff, but you don't film it right away. You might film it three months later. Yes. So by the, by the time they called her, it was her birthday. She filmed on her birthday. That's wow. Scene. And she that was her scene. first job? That was her first job. Ever. Wow, that was great. That was her first job ever. And she turned and it was her birthday. So it was like happy birthday. She turned nine. She mm-hmm. was eight. She turned nine. That was her birthday. Yep, wow. it sure was. Now, how so long I, before that did you get to California? What, did you make a decision to go to California? Um, no, I told you I was scary. I wasn't trying to go to California. No, no, no. Um, so she did barbershop too. Um, and is that you should exhaust everything where you live. Mm-hmm. And that's what I was doing. So I put her in American Girl Theater. Um, I put her in dance class. I put her in singing, voice lessons. I just, you know, tried to keep her busy and keep her focused on it in Chicago. I wasn't trying to leave okay. Chicago. Um, and so basically, uh, George Tillman, who was one of the producers on Barbershop, came to me and said, look at your daughter. He had a, he had a like freeze frame on the monitor on the set. Mm-hmm. And he said, she, she follows directions well. She's smart. She's not afraid. And he said, she is photogenic. He said, you should really think about going to California. That wow. was the person that planted the seed, but I still wasn't trying to go to California. Right. But I guess the, I guess what the cat, the thing that really made me go is that she went to go audition for a Nickelodeon. Um, they were, they were auditioning for uh, extra cast member for a show. They had a show on Nickelodeon called all that. You remember mm-hmm. all that? And yeah. they were auditioning. Yeah. They were auditioning for an extra member to all that. Okay. And they did a, they did a nationwide search and um, Kiki went to audition for it. And the talent scout from Nickelodeon called me and said, oh, my gosh, she was so good. Mm. He said, she's so young. She's too young. She's only 10 years old. He said, but her talent, her level of talent is amazing. He said, you should take her to California. So that was the second person that told me she was going to California. I still wasn't trying to go to California. So then my mother used to have her dance for her because Kiki was good, just break out and go to dance. <laughs> and my mother would say, and I lived behind my mother. Like, um, I was on one street and she was on the other street. So right. we were on two different streets, but we could like go through like a pathway to each other's house. And she would tell me, she would call me on the phone. Hey, send that girl through the pathway, come dance for me and my friends. I was like, <laughs> I was like all right, whatever. So I would go to the end of my backyard and I would watch her and she skipped across the field and go into my mama's gate. I, I'm waiting until I seen her 
get it to my mother's gate. My mother would wave at me and I would wave back. And Kiki did that all day long. Back mm-hmm. before going to dinner with my mother, going to lunch, whatever. You know, that was just how it was. And um, she would go over there and dance. And she would say, one day my mother said, that girl really can dance. And she's not scared mm-hmm. of it. She said, woo, I used to be so scared when I was a kid. She said, you should take her to California. So my mother said. So here we go. Here we go. So I, was like, oh. I was like, oh, Lord, so many people are saying it. And then that's when I started. Well, my mother said it because my mother is, was a very um, uh, pessimistic person. She was a oh, girl, don't do that. That's right. dumb. You know, she was always, you know, saying, and I found out later in her older age, is that she had a lot of disappointment in her life. So it was mm-hmm. easier for her to deal with life thinking things weren't going to go well for her. And I realized I had adapted that same mentality. Uh, but my husband was not. He was raised in a very positive, optimistic family. So some of his positivity was starting to rub off on me a little bit. And I just talked to him. I said, look, uh, Larry, you and I were actors. You know, we didn't really have anybody to take us to California. You know, we, we took it as far as we could take it. Right. I said, but I really think Kiki got talent. We maybe need to go to California. And he said, let's go. Because I always want to go to California. Oh, I wow. said, really? We haven't married for 10 years. I never heard. Just, yeah, he said, I got accepted to UCLA. He said, but my mom got sick and I couldn't leave. And, and so I just gave it up and I ended up going to a university in Illinois. He went to Northern, which is a good school, but it wasn't in California, UCLA. It wasn't his and dream. So, yeah. Exactly. So then that was it. When he was, so me and him, you know, we were still adventurous. Like I was 32, he was 35. And we was like, we young, you know, let's do it. What's the worst? What's the worst that could happen? The worst mm-hmm. that could happen, you go back home and resume the life you had. We wasn't right. unhappy people. Right. So we didn't, so we didn't come out to California in pursuit of happiness. We were already happy. Right. We didn't come out to California in pursuit of money. I had the best job I'd ever had, you know? <laughs> so it, it wasn't that. It was just my husband and I love for the arts mm-hmm. and the love for entertainment and also being curious to see well, no one helped us, so let's see what can happen if we actually helped our child. And loving, the, and loving the adventure of it. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And when, I, and when I realized that he was down, like, oh, yeah. you know, so many, so many other parents that come out here, they come out here by themselves. It's usually the mother uh, or the grandmother or the aunt or whatever. And there's always that woman by herself bringing that kid, bringing that kid out here. And I see how lonely that is. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't want that. And I told him, I said, I'm not going unless you're going to go with me. If we're going to do this, if we're going to pursue this, then it's going to be with us as a family. We're either going to be successful as a family or we're going to go back as a family. But I'm not going to separate my family. And, when yeah, he and, said, that, and you're, okay, the, you're the exception. Yeah. Yeah. So Which when great. he said, okay, then I said, okay, then let's do it. Let's do it. As long as he and I were on the same page that we were going to do it together. Mm-hmm. So, wow, that, that's my story. When you when you go as a family, you know that's that you're picking up just the foundation from where you were. You know, just taking it to your new place, which I think is great, and it's and it's best for for everyone. So, uh-huh. what would be your recommendation to parents who have talented a talented child and they want to help them? What would be your recommendation? What would you say to them? Well, like I said, start where you are and, and exhaust everything. Take advantage of everything that your town or, or community has to offer. Um, find that piano player that plays the piano at the church and is the choir director and have him vocal coach your child. Um, it's a good thing. And, 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 you know, find that person, find that acting coach, that person in your child's neighborhood, because California is not no place you come to give your child confidence. They need to be confident when they come here right. because there's going to be so many things working to erode their confidence mm-hmm. that by the time Kiki came here, she was confident. And that was one of the things that a lot of the parents used to, I used to hear little snide remarks, you know, people, some people didn't even know I was Kiki's mother and they were like, oh, that little girl is cocky. She got confidence. I was like, okay, well, first of all, she isn't cocky, but confident she was. She had already been judged. I'd already right. had her with the best uh, Baptist choir director. Right. Was telling her, Kiki, right. you need to stand up straight, Kiki. Mm-hmm. You need to hold your head up, Kiki. Mm-hmm. So, she, yeah, she was battled. She was tested, but she wasn't cocky. But she did know what she did well mm-hmm. because, we, because we worked out in Chicago. 
And, and I think I one thing. I come to California and work it out. Right. And I think one thing parents need to realize, you don't come to California to build your resume. You <laughs> come to California already having a resume. Yeah, or, or definitely confidence. Yeah. Because California is no place to bring your child and men with a bunch of Hollywood kids and expect for them to all of a sudden, I mean, it's a doggy dog mentality. It, I mean, it really is. Mm-hmm. And the first time you put your child in a room with these kids, some of these kids act yeah. like adults. I mean, they're very competitive. And, and by the time Kiki came here, she had already had developed a love for entertainment. Mm-hmm. So it was nothing none of them was going to say to her that was going to throw her off her game because she had already, like I said, I took advantage of the best people I could find right. in Chicago. So that's what I said. I say, I said, you got a child and, and um, also don't start them too young. I think five is too young. Mm-hmm. I think maybe seven, eight is a mm-hmm. good age to start putting them in, in lessons. Maybe five isn't too young for dance because mm-hmm. dance is different. So, but I wouldn't start any younger than five. And then for acting, I would say seven. They got to read. They, they need to be able mm-hmm. to read. At five, they just right. learning to read. So, mm-hmm. you know, I would say seven for acting. I would say five for dance because they don't really need to read. Um, and music and singing, I just think that's continuous. Kiki takes vocal lessons now. She's 27 Absolutely. years old. So I just think uh-huh. everything is, is, a, is a continuing education. But my best advice is to start where you are. I get calls from parents all the time. I'm in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. I'm in Mobile. I'm in, um, I just had a call from a young lady. Said, I'm in South Carolina. Ain't nothing in South Carolina. I said, they got great food in South Carolina. Girl, what you talking about? <laughs> she said, no, they ain't got nothing for acting. I said, yes, they do. Yes, everywhere. There's a university there. Mm-hmm. Go acting and learning it. Pay them $50. Girl, them college students would love to have a part-time job coming mm-hmm. to your house doing little skits with your kids. Mm-hmm. Yes, they would. Right. And, and you can't you can't forget, you know, the church plays, uh, the yes. school plays. Well, I just told you Kiki's first vocal teacher was a Baptist a choir director. I can't even figure his name. I wish I knew his name to shout him out. But he, yeah. he was like to me, you know, it was so funny because I was watching Genius, or Aretha Franklin Genius. Uh-huh. Um, and um, she was um, being mentored by, George, by um, Reverend Cleveland, James yes. Cleveland. And it reminded me of Kiki. And her little, man, he kind of reminded me of James Cleveland. He was a little bubbly little man, but uh-huh. he played just like James Cleveland. And I remember him and Kiki, he was a little thing. And I remember him, come on, Kiki, sing with me. He, and Kiki be like, I'm trying to sing with you. And he was playing. <laughs> and I was like, yes, that's how they learn. Yeah, yeah. And that don't, that's, not, that's not Hollywood. We was in a small little town outside of Chicago. Mm-hmm. If I told you the name, you probably never even heard of it. We was in a place called Dalton, Illinois, which is about maybe 30 miles south of Chicago in the suburbs, in a storefront. Why this man, he gave, he gave piano lessons and he gave voice lessons. Mm-hmm. He came in for voice lessons. So when I, I walk in, sometimes somebody would be playing the piano. Then they would, the next person would come out, Kiki would go in. So he was just a, a little town guy that was sharing what he knew with the community. Right. So that, right. that's my point I'm trying to make is, I hear a lot of times people say, well, I'm, on, I'm in such and such. I don't, have, I don't have access to Hollywood. You have access to a university, some type of school, some type of church. Mm-hmm. I don't care where you go in America, there's a church. There's a school, there's a college, there's a university. Mm-hmm. There's something in your community. Something. You go there, put on the bulletin board. I'm looking for someone to help my daughter act. I'm looking for somebody, whatever. Those college students would eat that up. Mm-hmm. So that's and, it. You know, that's, my, that's my advice. Okay. And also, um, I know a lot of times parents get into this and they have absolutely no idea what to expect. And I always tell parents, if somebody asks you to pay them to get your child a job, go the other direction. What about the scams out there? There's a lot of scams. Mm-hmm. I mean, and the scams don't stop. You know, right. like I said, Kiki, Kiki is, is someone that, you know, by the grace of God, you consider it successful. People still try to scam her. People mm-hmm. still, you know, and one of the reasons why she, you know, got out of L.A. for a while was because once she became a young adult, then she really became, a, 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 you know, the pray, the prayers, the, you know, whatever. She became like a target for the people that pray on you. Yes, yes. She would be at a party 
at a, a friend's house that she's been knowing for years and talking and having a good time. Next thing somebody would slide up there and go, you know what? I, you know, have you ever tried this hand stuff? You know what? I want you to endorse this. This would be good for you. She's like, at every party, somebody was trying to uh -huh. sell her something. Somebody was trying to get her to endorse something. And she said it got to the point she realized, like, did they invite me for this? She started questioning her friendships and her relationships right. because it was like, are they invite me for these people to come at me? Or is this just really a part of the industry that I just didn't know anything about as a child? Right. And I told her, I said, it's the part that you didn't know about as a child because I was protecting her from a lot of that stuff. A lot mm -hmm. of those people come at me and I would shut it down. Right. You know what I mean? So... Yeah, it's, it, a lot of this stuff, though, you have to experience for yourself. And this, this is what I'm going to say. This is the best advice that I can give any parent that's thinking about doing this business. You have got to teach your child right from wrong. Yes. You have to give them the best foundation of morality that you can possibly give them, knowing that they're going to go out and mingle with people that you don't want them to, and they're going to bump their head, and they're going to be mistakes, and there's going to be some drama. But if you teach them, this is the Bible, this is scripture. If you teach them in the way that they are supposed to go, I'm here to tell you, I'm living proof. Once that foundation is laid right, you're okay. You can let them go. Amen to that. Amen to you that. Let them go. So that's been the, the, the secret to whatever success that Kiki has had is that we clung to, to God, to scripture. Larry and I were, we were a unit. We, we disagreed on some things, but we never did it in front of our kids. Um, once we decided to do something, we did it. We did it hundred percent together. We became a unity for our children. Um, and, and the foundation is strong. I, that, don't mean, that don't mean that there's some storms and trials and tribulations to come because I'm, I can't, I'm not a fortune teller. Yes. But I do feel good today that my kids have a good foundation, by the grace yes. of God. Absolutely, absolutely. Now, when it comes to manager agents, at what point do you decide that your child needs an agent and what's the difference in the two? Okay, I don't think a child needs a manager unless they have something to manage. What does that mean? That means that they're not working regularly, they're not on a TV show, or they're not booking commercials, or if they don't have a steady flow of an income, I don't think they need a manager. And people say, well, it's the manager that stays on the agent to get the jobs. No, it's not. If you have a good agent and you're booking stuff, that's one thing. I, I guess to answer your question and not confuse people, start off with the agent. I don't mm -hmm. think a manager needs to come in until there's something to manage. If your child is on a TV show, that's something to manage. Bring them in so they can leverage the uh, TV situation and maybe get more work. Um, maybe they can come in and come up um, with a strategy to, uh, you know, enhance what you're doing already. But I, I wouldn't get a manager right away. That's just an extra expense. Um, and, and literally what happens with child actors, when they get an agent and a manager, they end up doing the same thing. Mm -hmm. The manager and agent end up doing the same thing. Like, this, this is it. Um, Kiki goes to audition. Let's say, uh, let's just do a hypothetical. Uh, a girl named Jamie goes to audition for an episode of Insecure. They're looking for the young Issa. So her agent at Coast to Coast, Meredith Fine, calls the mom and says, hey, I got an audition for your daughter. They're looking for the, the uh, little Easter egg. So you go over to Quantum Studio and you audition. Great. The mama brings the daughter to audition. She auditions. The agent calls her and goes, oh, my God, they loved you. You're going to be the young Issa. Oh, my God, it pays $5,000 a week. Um, you're going to be on there for three weeks. This is great. Okay. So she makes $15,000. She gets great exposure. But 10% of that goes to the agent. Mm -hmm. Okay, so all right, all, automatically you're taking $1,500 and you're giving it to the agent. Okay, now if you got a manager, guess what? The manager's going to call you on the phone and go, oh, that was so great. I heard about the great news. You know, she mm -hmm. booked it up. Okay, that's another $1,500. So now you're deducting $3,000, okay, from the fifteen. Okay, taxes. If you don't have a corporation set up, set up about 30-some percent of that is going to taxes. Mm -hmm. So now you're, now you're a new family out here in California. You've been out here for six months. 
you haven't made any money. You get $15,000 and $15,000 turns into 7,000 really fast. And your rent is 2,000. Your car note is, you see where I'm going with this? Uh -huh. I see where you're so going. So my point is, now mom will ask you the question, what did the manager do? Mm -hmm. In that case, nothing. So now, why did you need the manager? The argument that the manager is going to say is, well, I stayed on the agent. If it hadn't been for me calling the agent, she probably wouldn't even been looking for that audition. I was right mm -hmm. last week. Okay, well, this is why a lot of the agents didn't like me, because I'm not going to pay nobody 10% to call on the phone and tell the agency what I got to tell them. Right. And so I was that person. I mm -hmm. told the agent, I need mm -hmm. you to sit on this audition. Right. And if your child is good and, and good in the business, then you can have a good relationship with the agent. Mm -hmm. If your child doesn't work, they're dismissive anyway. Yep. You don't need any of them. You know, this is the moral of the story. You don't need anyone that's dismissive of, to your child. If an agent isn't sending them on auditions, get rid of that agent. Mm -hmm. If managers aren't, it has, you know, but my, my thing is, I don't think you need a manager. Not in the beginning. You're not in the beginning. Mm -mm. Okay. Okay. Then let me just quickly say uh, one thing that I had asked you about was the money and an accountant. And you told me when the child starts making a hundred thousand dollars per year consistently, then you get an accountant. Is, is that still your take on it? That is my take. And I think, um, I think not, not only a hundred thousand dollars, but consistent money. You know what I mean? I, mm -hmm. I mean, um, I'm sorry. My thing fell. I mean, I mean a hundred thousand dollars, but also consistent money. Like if they're on a TV show, you should mm -hmm. get an account because that's a consistent check. Yeah. Um, if they're if they're grossing a hundred thousand and they're working regularly, then I I think you should definitely get an accountant and start a corporation. Because mm -hmm. like I said, if you don't have a corporation, they're gonna tax a lot of it. And you know, I'm not a lawyer, so I'm not gonna pretend to say all the intricacies of a of a corporation and the different types. Because there are many different types. But I just think if you start a corporation, then you're able to use some of that money to put back in your right. child's Excellent. career. Um, now when I now when I first started the industry, you used to be able to put a lot back. Meaning, what do I mean? I mean like you could you could say clothes, audition clothes that you brought for them to audition in. You could write off mm -hmm. as a tax write off. Any makeup or any anything cable bill. If you you know you could say you know we watch you know um, we're researching. We're watching all the movies that come out for Oscar time. Mm -hmm. That's a part of her training. You used to be able to write all of that stuff off. So if you got and, this, and this is where an, an entertainment uh, tax person would come in handy, correct? Absolutely. And, Absolutely. They've changed, and they've changed a lot of rules. Like you cannot claim makeup or clothing anymore. So, you know, that used to be big for us because like I used to hire a makeup artist to do our makeup, pay them $200, $250 every time. I probably was, we probably spent anywhere from $25,000, $30,000 a year on makeup. Mm -hmm. So, so we were able to write a lot of that off as a tax yes. write off. Not, not anymore. Oh, wow. Not anymore. So yeah, not only do you need to get a tax um, entertainment tax person, but someone who's knowledgeable and understands what you can write off and what you cannot write off. But um, right. but the corporation is a good idea. And I just think that you need to have a basic knowledge of accounting because okay. what because again, when they tell you, oh, your child is going to make fifty thousand dollars, cut it in half. You mm -hmm. you only you you'll never see that fifty. More right. like you you're going to see twenty five. So once you start thinking like that, then you then you you're getting smart because. Right. If they, if you, you, if they make a hundred thousand, you're only going to see 50. Okay. Sharon, one last word of wisdom from you to our audience before you go. The best advice is pray. Mm. Take God with you. Uh, ask yeah. for his guidance. Ask for his, um, just, just, you know, just say, just don't be afraid to just say, Lord, you know, when we first came out to California, we were in like a little, uh, one bedroom hotel. And I used to go into the bathroom and I used to, I don't know why, I was something about the bathroom. I think I was trying to get away from the kids because it was <laughs> late at night. I didn't want to wake nobody. I didn't want my husband to know how frightened I was. And I went into the bed, to the bathroom. I would kneel by the toilet and I would say, God, have we done the right thing? I left my house. I left my job. I can't go back to my job. Lord, God, I mean, have I done the right thing? And the most peaceful calm would just come over me 
like peace be still. And mm-hmm. I would just feel like a wind was coming in my face. Like, you know, just, I just felt like a new person. Every time I would pray and ask God, to, did I do the right thing? Mm-hmm. And then I would feel calm and I would go back to bed and, and sleep. And that, that was God's way. I feel it was God's way of letting me know, absolutely, you did the right thing. Mm-hmm. You may not know it now. You may have doubt now, but absolutely. So that's what I say. Pray, have faith, pray, and train your child, raise your child to uh, love themselves. Because the business tends to make them think they're not good enough. Mm. So you got to tell them every chance that you get. You got to go overboard and tell them every chance that they're worthy. So anyway, guys, I got to go. Okay, my dear. Thank you so much, Sharon. Love you. Glad to call you my friend. Okay, I love you. Bye-bye. Love you too. Bye-bye. Ladies and gentlemen, that is our podcast for today. For a kid in the limelight, the rigors of the business can be tough, especially if one is not there completely by choice. If your child shows any sign of unhappiness, bring them home. As a parent, make sure it's not your ambition that you are following. If entertainment is truly your child's dream, support them to the fullest. As Todd Bridges says, acting is a fictional life and you have to discover the real life. I can deal with both, but I prefer real life. Be sure of what your child prefers, the fictional life of acting or the growing up in the real life of the real world. Mae Ross, owner of an acting school for kids, teens, and young adults in LA for over uh, 10 years, says in a 2018 article, the five ways to tell if your child is ready for Hollywood. Your child loves acting, number one. Your child is well-mannered, number two. Your child is responsible, number three. You have the time and the patience to assist your child in this journey. And last but not least, number five, you're both ready for an adventure. Thank you to my special guest, my friend Sharon Palmer of the Windy City, Chicago, and mother manager to the extraordinarily talented Kiki Palmer. Shout out to Larry, Sharon's husband, and the rest of the Palmer family. Sharon, I'm honored to be in your presence. Thank you for sharing your story. And that's it for today. The joy of living and learning conversations with Phyllis. May peace and joy reign supreme in your life today and every day. I am Phyllis Tucker Saunders saying so long for now.